Hello, Americans. It's Friday. Glad you're here, uh, especially for today, because you're going to enjoy this. We have Daniel Hannon on in a few minutes from uh, London. There was a uh, there was a story from New York uh, Magazine that American leftists believe that Corbin, his inevitable victory, would be their model. I'm here to tell you, it is the model. What happened yesterday is going to happen here in America. We'll go there in one minute. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Welcome to the program. Hello. Hello, Stu. Mr. Beck, how are you? Well, I appreciate you calling me Mr. Beck. I'd prefer Dr. Beck, but... Dr. Beck, how I are mean, you? I mean, I worked very hard for that. Uh, yeah, you showed up in an event to get that title, didn't you? I t- it, but it was in Virginia, and I wasn't living in Virginia at the time. I had to fly. I had to sit there and listen to speeches mm-hmm. of people graduating that I didn't really care because I didn't know. I didn't go to school with them. Nope. And then uh, I got to listen to somebody going, blah, 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 and he's a doctor. And I'm like, of course I am. Give me the certificate so I can start doing some foot surgery. So you can do some doctoring. Right. 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 Exactly I mean, right. That's what, you know what the most important thing to me in the world is, Glenn? <laughs> what is that? Uh, licensing. Licensing. I, that's how you prove your value well, in the society. Well, as a doctor, I'd have to agree with you. Right. I as mean, a who- Kentucky t- colonel. I would have to agree with you. That's right. You're also a colonel, aren't you? I'm a colonel. I'm a doctor colonel. I'm a colonel doctor. I'm actually a reverend. Oh, my gosh. I am reverend Dr. Colonel Beck. I want that from from here on out. That's how you address me. Not Mr. Beck. It's Reverend Dr. Colonel Beck. So if you call 888-727-BECK, you don't have to put the Reverend Colonel Dr. Beck in the phone number. No, but you think uh, it while you're dialing it. You should think it, and yeah. then when you call up and, and Glenn answers and says, uh, you know, Bill, you're on the air, Reverend Colonel Dr. Beck, how are you today? Yeah, and it's that order, too. Reverend God is first. Mm-hmm. My, the Country. hard work I did on uh, my, my doctorate. Mm-hmm. And then a little bit of Kentucky, you know. So it's Reverend Dr. Colonel or Reverend Colonel Doctor? No, it's Reverend Dr. Colonel. Okay. Okay, you got it? Reverend Dr. Colonel Beck. Reverend Dr. Colonel Beck, this please, is easy. from here on out. In mm-hmm. fact, I might be changing glenbeck.com to that. Reverend Dr. Colonel Beck. Dot com. <laughs> <laughs> Someone's out there registering that right now. <laughs> Probably someone from Media Matters. I redirect. <laughs> All right. Uh, so, you know, licensing is important, and I think it's important. I mean, if you're a hairdresser. Right. God forbid you try to do anybody's hair without a license. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? If yep. you, if you are if you are uh, a painter of some sort, God forbid you paint somebody's house without a license. Right. And I would throw another one in there. Uh, mm-hmm. Let's just say you wanted to stay alive. Yeah, you have, you have to, have to have a license, license right? right? Because you don't have the right to defend no, yourself. No, of course not. Course you not. have to make sure you have a license. Correct. And that's where this is really important. Yes. And we learned this story mm-hmm. in Illinois yes. uh, recently where uh-huh. a, a woman uh-huh. was in her car and was attacked by her ex. Now, what do you do when you're attacked by your ex? You, you, I guess you could just you know, let him kill you. Is, I think that's option one. Well, uh, wait a minute, wait, wait, wait. Are you licensed? Well, see, this is the issue. <laughs> okay. Uh, because if you have a license, you could do his hair. Or you could paint his uh, you, nails. You could paint his nails. Yeah, there's all right. sorts of things. You could, you could give do. him a massage. <laughs> right. Yeah. So you have to have a license, and that's what really lets you know 
what you can do. Right. What is your value as a human being? Correct. The government should tell us with a certificate. Correct. Exactly right. Here's the thing. Her thought was, Mm -hmm. maybe I should try to stop this person trying to murder me. Well. Now, that's an an interesting thought, uh but obviously that's not enough information on the story. Sure, She took out um, a firearm. Oh, my gosh. And decided to use it to Mm -hmm. stop him Mm -hmm. from killing Mm -hmm. her. Mm Mm-hmm. Now it was a legally owned firearm. Yes. Okay. So that's yeah. uh, that's part of it. She had a a license to own it. Oh, she knew. Yeah. yeah. If she was totally licensed to own it, yeah, the problem, yeah, yeah. however, she didn't have a license to use it. She didn't have a license to carry it. Now there's a huge difference. Now, between was she owning carrying it, it or is it in her car? She well, she had it in her car. Now in there, her car, some in the states. Glove box. Uh, you can have it, like in Texas, for example. You don't need a, a concealed carry to keep it in your car. Uh-huh. However, in Illinois. Ah, That's a different story. You know, probably in Illinois, it's a lot like New York and New Jersey, where you have to keep the gun in the glove box, but all the bullets in the trunk. <laughs> right, which is really helpful in these situations. Oh my gosh, in this situation, somebody comes and trying to kill you in your car, you're like, hang on just a second, I've got my firearm, I just need a second to get out to my trunk, get the box of bullets, load the gun, and then can we pick it up from there? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, one minor uh, issue here. Of course, mm-hmm. no, look, this is good. An attacker, she's able to fend off the attacker, police come. And they put the the attacker in jail, mm. um, and that's good. That's good stuff. I mean, you know, look, he's an attacker. Now, obviously, they had to talk to her too because she did break a rule. She didn't have a concealed carry license, and all, she was able to sure utilize her God given right to defend herself and her constitutional right uh, to bear arms mm-hmm. to do so. Mm-hmm. However, you know, she didn't have that license, so obviously she had to go to jail too well that's only now, common sense it's only common it's sense only common sense that, that you'd put the woman who was just almost murdered by her ex yeah, uh, in, in jail. jail yeah and now he went to jail and had a ten thousand dollar bond oh my gosh now for trying to kill her for trying to kill her and ten thousand dollar bond ten thousand dollar bond wow, that's hard to raise he probably is still in jail uh, no or? he was able to raise the bond he so was he's able out to raise, okay he's out he, he's All out right. he's out of jail there's a little bit of a uh a wrinkle? A wrinkle. Here in the story? Hang on, let me see if I can iron mm-hmm. the wrinkle out. Mm-hmm. Ah, there it is. There it is. There okay, it is. good. I got it. She's also in jail, uh, and her bond is $75,000, and she can't pay it. 70, uh, $75,000. $75,000. $75, $75, $75, $75, $75, $75, $75, $75, $75, $75, $75, $75, $75, $75, $75, $75, $75, $75, $75, $75, $75, $75, $75, $75, $75, $75, $75, $75, $75,
Right. Right? For this maybe is, 20 years. This is for her own good. <laughs> yeah. Amen to Amen. that, brother. Mm, I feel good as about the a, May I say, as a reverend, mm. also a, a doctor, doctor and, and a, a colonel, colonel but mm-hmm. the reverend part, may I say, give me an am- amen. 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 Amen, Reverend and Dr. Colonel. thus endeth the lesson, saith the Lord. <laughs> you, oh, know what's, you know what's crazy mm. about this? Uh, is, uh, uh, well, everything. So let's just leave it at that. <laughs> it's, it's all crazy. Does she have a uh, GoFundMe page? That's a good question. I don't know the answer to that. Let's uh, make one for her. Oh, yeah. If she needs $75,000, I think this audience can uh, can come up with that hey, pretty quick. By the way, do you know who, uh, do you know Dr. Recken- Rechtenwald? Yeah. Michael Rechtenwald? Sure. Uh, Is he a colonel or... No, a he's reverend? just a doctor. Just a doctor? Just a doctor. That's embarrassing. It really <laughs> is. really it's embarrassing. It? Anyway, so uh, he's a friend of ours who has been uh, just hammered. He lost his job at NYU um, because he, he, I mean, he was on the left side. And then he was like, this is crazy. What's happening right now is crazy. So he's lost his job. He can't get a, another job anywhere. He's looking for another teaching job at some university that might take him. Uh, please, if you work at a university, please uh, look into him. Can you go to GoFundMe and see if Michael Rechtenwald is up there? Uh, sure. I would love to. Do that. He is. Reverend Dr. Colonel. He is. A, thank you. He is. A, I think he's about to lose his house and everything else. Really? Yeah. He's written. Uh, he's written a book. And if you can just buy his book, that would be helpful. But uh, he is really having a hard time because, uh, you know, I think there are some bad guys on the right that would love to pay him lots of money. Uh, and he's taking pretty much any job he can get right now. And he doesn't. He's. You know, he's he's working for piecemeal, but here's a guy who his whole life has been turned upside down and all of his networks, all of his friends, everything uh, is now gone. Do you see him on the site? Uh, yeah, just, we, we want to make sure that we can confirm it's the right. It uh, is. I, I, I. It is. Well, I, you don't know what I'm looking at. Well, let me see it. You know what? No, I'm a reverend doctor. Okay. I demand you see the colonel in me says, uh, see it. It's five thousand dollar goal. Is that right? Uh, no. Uh, there's another one that's. See, this is 15. why I didn't just blurt this out. I think there's another one that's a fifteen. Why don't we look into this instead and give us a little lead you, time? You know what? You know, on, on you something like that, where we're going to raise. This is this is the of kind dollars. of incompetence. <laughs> I ask for a scalpel, and my number one nurse. <laughs> that's me. He hands me a hammer. This is the kind of incompetence that this hospital will not. Put up with another day. You should know if you're listening on radio. I am dressed in a sexy nurse outfit, uh, and that's that has nothing to do with this particular segment. I just like it. it you know, it's comfy, um, but I am dressed that way just to keep the the visual going. Yeah, no, me. I think it's it's very nice. It's professional. Thank you. It's professional uh, for you know for what we do, and I and I mm-hmm. I do have to tell you I will miss it. But you are on suspension as of uh, about two hours and forty minutes. For two days. You have a two-day suspension. I don't want to see you again in this operating room mm-hmm. after this show ends. I don't want to see you in here again until Monday morning. Well, I hope after next week you don't suspend me for multiple weeks because <laughs> that would be really bad. I would hate that. I won't. Stu. Mm. Stu, Stu, Stu. As a doctor, uh, as a reverend, as a colonel, I I have to tell you that uh, all three of those 
professionals that live deep inside of me. Mm-hmm. Also a McCarney, is, M- M- uh, Marconi award-winning broadcaster. I think I could say that as well. So all of those people, is that why? All of those people mm-hmm. live inside of me. So Did you, you see the movie Split? Anyway, yeah. um, <laughs> so I was celebrating, and I, I couldn't stop watching the BBC yesterday. Oh, that was satisfying. Oh, wasn't it? It really is. I mean, I, you know, there was a, there was a thought that... You know, a really, really bad guy could yeah. get in charge of England. Jeremy Corbyn, who is uh, absolute anti-Semite. Uh, you know, this this one really fits these days. Pals around with terrorists. Mm-hmm. Uh, that one uh, from from the old uh, Sarah Palin days, one hundred percent fits Jeremy Corbyn. He makes he makes uh, Bernie Sanders look like George Washington. <laughs> it's true, <laughs> he really does because he he does not like uh, freedom. He does not like Great Britain. He loves the former Soviet Union. I mean, he is a very bad guy. Very bad guy. It seems like, uh, shockingly, uh, the UK kind of figured that one out. Britain figured that out. Mm -hmm. Um, And they uh, gave a gigantic win to Boris Johnson and the (sighs) conservatives in a... In a way, to the, to the level that they didn't even expect. Conservatives didn't even expect Shocking. to win at this level. It is, it is bigger than Margaret Thatcher mm. and about the size of Winston Churchill in World War II. And he was pretty popular after that. He got that Hitler thing right. Yeah, I think we should go with him. Yeah. I think that's good. The, the, they lost, the, the left lost uh, seats that have been held since like 1930 i saw one that was 84 years it had been held by labor uh the labor party which is you know this essentially their left and uh you know conservatives over there now have it and boris johnson i mean he's you know he's great he 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 really he comes off as sort of aloof and a little silly and his hair is messed up and you know he's kind of a goofball you know, by design, I think. You know, but in reality, he's Absolutely. incredibly smart. He comes disarming. Out, he comes out before before he walks out in public. He musses up his hair. I mean, he is mm. he's much more calculated. Yeah. You know, Donald Trump is just like, hey, he just goes for it. <laughs> you yeah. know, he just pulls the six shooters out as he feels. Uh, Corbin is is Johnson he, yeah. or Johnson mm-hmm. is really, really, really an intellectual. Uh, and and is more of a show. I mean, Trump is a show too, but but uh, Johnson, I think, knows when he's mussing up his hair. Sure, and and you know a lot of this went around Brexit, and it's an interesting thing here because you know half the country voted for Brexit, half of it voted against. It's a pretty close vote, but Brexit won out, and and it was supposed to go through. It's been three years now where we've been waiting for this to happen, and. The government has done everything it's ca- it can to, to screw this up and, and stop it. And it's interesting that a lot of people who voted to stay, remain voters, came, ar- came around and voted for the conservative party because they said, you know, this is ridiculous. Like, I, I, I don't even want to, I don't even, I didn't even want Brexit. I voted against it. But what you're doing here is you're not even honoring our vote. Like I lost, and I'm willing to lose because so, we. But we need to honor the things that that went on here. I heard a Labor Party member yesterday, uh, and I just thought, hmm, hmm, I wonder what's going to happen here in America uh, next uh, next uh, election. But he was he was saying you can't do this. 
You can't, and this goes to the GOP as well. Hello, Obamacare. Um, you can't ask people to vote, let them vote, and then just overturn it and just say we're not doing any of those things. Any parallels to the United States you can think none, of right now? None. It's like, you know, you guys lost. Trump won. I understand you want to, you want uh, wanted a different result there. You got a chance to do it in 2020. We're in the middle of an election. Go out there, and if you think he's been a bad president, defeat him. Well, the, the, the I, I just love this from New York Magazine, the idea that many people on the left here in America were looking at Corbyn and saying, yeah, you know, what's going to happen in, in uh, Great Britain is going to be a precursor of what's coming. And I'm, I'm, today I'm like, uh-huh, it is. Mm. You're exactly right. He was so far out of the mainstream, and he was he was pushing for the things that people felt were unfair and wrong. People, people that voted for labor before, they saw this, and one of the labor leaders said, you can't ignore democracy. Yeah. You can't ignore the people. Now, this was a labor leader. This is what's happening with the media and with the left, that they are just, they think that they are in the majority, and they are not in the majority. And the Democratic Party is learning something. They're terrified by this result because this is this is essentially if you think about it from our perspective, if Boris Johnson is Trump, Jeremy Corbyn is their Elizabeth Warren, is their Bernie Sanders. Mm-hmm. And so the Democrats today are trying to say, "Wait a minute. We can't run somebody like that because the same thing is going to happen to us that happened uh, to labor in the UK. You can't run someone so incredibly extreme and it's going to rise, I think, the the, uh, the momentum behind some of these more moderate, quote-unquote, candidates. Which, by the way, are not moderate at all. But I mean, <laughs> the ones they are saying are moderate. <laughs> Bill O'Reilly. Bill O'Reilly is coming up in uh, just a second. Stand by for that. You're listening to the Reverend Dr. Colonel Beck program. And, uh, and I take all of those titles seriously. All of them. And you should too. Uh, so we have uh, we have Daniel Hannon uh, coming on. We're trying to connect with him now, and an overseas transatlantic cable connection. Uh, <laughs> we had him on ten years ago ten after, years. after he gave this great speech in the EU, EU where he's like basically saying, "Europe, uh, England, you should fire me. I don't want this job anymore. We shouldn't be here." And it was such a compelling speech. And then, what, three years ago, we had him on and we're like, congratulations. You did it. You did it. (laughs) And he was like, yeah, well, we think so, but they tend to be a little sticky. And uh, now we're having him on after the second referendum. And this was just this a full election. And Boris Johnson swept. And you can give the credit to Boris Johnson, but really it's Daniel Hannon. This is his movement. Uh, the Brexit movement is is his. Now, there's two sides of this. Daniel Hannon is the guy who really, we should talk to him about this. There's this great show on, I think it was Amazon, where, um, who's, uh, what's his name, Cumberbun. <laughs> Benedict Cumberbatch? Yes. Mm-hmm. He played, who was it? It wasn't Hannon. No, Hannon was in, but Hannon was portrayed in, in the movie. You're talking. I think it was. I thought it was like a Showtime or HBO show originally. I think called Brexit. Called Brexit. Yeah. And it. I don't know any movie. of the. I don't know any of the. You know politics over there, but it seemed pretty fair and good. And they portrayed Daniel, Daniel Hannon really well, uh, really well. And, yeah. and, and in fact, you know, at least 
I mean, I'm sure for him there may have been issues with it, but generally sure. speaking, it was one From of those. From here, it looked pretty good. Yeah. One of the, they actually treated him with respect. Hang on just a sec. Daniel's on the phone. Daniel Hannon. Hey, Glenn. How are you? Very good. Congratulations, sir. Uh, for a second time. Thank you. Well, no, don't congratulate me. Congratulate the, the country that can no. still hold its head high having rejected Marxism and anti-Semitism. I mean, it is crazy. It is crazy. I heard one of the Labor Party leaders yesterday say, you know, you just can't go against democracy. You just you can't just not listen to the people. I'm like, huh, what an idea. Maybe we should think about that here you in know, the United States. I, I actually think you have just unerringly put your finger on what the single biggest sentiment behind this vote was. You know, we voted to leave the European Union three years ago. We voted to leave in bigger numbers than British people have ever voted for anything. And I think a lot of the kind of pro-Brussels elite thought we didn't mean it. Yes. But it was a kind of a joke. And that if, you know, that if if they hectored us and lectured us, we would uh, do as we were told by our betters. And Mm. I'm I'm very glad that I live in a stubborn, stiff-necked country where people just don't react like that. And if I'm not mistaken, there were people that voted to stay in the EU last time that were voting this time saying, you know what? No, you've got to listen to the people. Is that true? Yes. I mean, I I think we, we we all anecdotally know people like that. We all have friends and neighbors in that category. And the figures bear it out. This was... Uh, this was a, a, a pro-democracy vote. And it was also, I, I, I think it's really important to stress this, it's, 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 a, it's a remarkably kind of mainstream and moderate vote. Um, because although, the, although his opponents have tried rather unconvincingly to paint Boris Johnson as some kind of fringe or far-right figure, he's actually very much in the political center. The only way you can call him extreme is if you regard Brexit as extreme, if you're calling a majority of the electorate extreme. In other words, if you think that it's extreme for any country to want to live under its own laws and its own institutions, you know, some, right. something that the rest of the world takes for granted. So the real extremists here with the uh, the socialist revolutionaries on the other side and the country politely said no to them. Because he is really more of a populist. I mean, he kind of goes where the people are, does he not? Well, I mean, there's a, so, so, so Boris is, uh, is, is politically very much in the mainstream. He's, you know, his, his character is very large. Uh, he has a very florid and colorful way with words. He has a brilliant intellect. But his politics are fairly traditional conservative politics. Uh, Jeremy Corbyn, who is a much more kind of normal kind of uh, guy in terms of his, his background and, and uh, uh, his appearance and so on, is absolutely from outside the mainstream, something we've never really had, a, 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 an unapologetic Marxist leading one of them. Right. He's a, he's a Marxist. He's a, he's a, a virile anti-Semitic uh, figure. Um, it seems to really hate <laughs> Great Britain uh, and what it yeah. stood for for uh, yeah. forever, going I mean, way, I, way back I, I with him. He- I don't think he personally, I want to be as fair as I can, I don't think he personally is anti-Semitic, but he is so mm. self-righteous that he could not acknowledge or accept that his party had a problem with anti-Semitism, which comes out of this bizarre alliance between the extreme left and the Islamic jihadi types. So, and because he's so convinced that we're, we're the lefties, we're the good guys, he just couldn't bring himself to accept that the problem existed. So who is, boy, that's very gracious of you to say that about him. Um, how, uh, how much of this was about him as well as, as the British people saying, we don't want, we don't want what he is selling beyond Brexit. Mm. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I think it was very. I think that was a very large part of it. Mm. Um, Britain unusual. Britain is unusual in in two respects um, compared to to Europe politically. In modern times, we have never had an anti-Semitic party anywhere near power. Of course, we have had individual anti-Semites yes. down the years, just as you have, just as every other country in the world has. Yeah. But they've never before infiltrated one of the major parties. That is new and was outside our experience. Second, and again, this is very different from almost every country in Europe, we never had any significant communist party. There was never any parliamentary movement that was Marxist in its orientation until now. And those two things came together in the last couple of years under this Labour leadership. And, you know, it's I think here. a country which deep down is a commonsensical, level-headed, uh, fair-minded country just thought, you know what, that is not the kind of people we are. So I'm very glad that we've kept our record intact as a country that has nothing to do either with anti-Semitic uh, conspiracy theories with revolutionary socialism. What should Washington and those in our parties here take as the lesson for America? Well, people are wiser than their leaders, and people want representatives, uh, legislators and, uh, and elected representatives who remember that they are servants and not rulers. When we voted leave, you know, it wasn't it wasn't in the in a spirit of light banter. We really meant it. And for three years, we've been told by our supposed intellectual elites that we didn't understand what we were voting for. We got it wrong and so on. Uh, and we can see, first of all, that all of their predictions of disaster have conspicuously failed. To I mean, the 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 British pound, the pound sterling yeah. and the straight line up beating the dollar the minute the BBC said, looks like it's going to be the conservatives in a landslide. I mean, it was straight line up. Right. And that proves something which up until now I was only able to argue, but but I, I can now point as, as the rest of us can uh, to some evidence, which is that the, the real problem holding back our economy and holding back, saying, well, you know, we've, we've done okay, but we could have been doing even better, was not Brexit. It was fear of a Corbyn-led government. And now that that fear has been removed, I think that there will be a flood of pent-up investment mm-hmm. into the UK economy because businesses that were holding back, not just, you know, every, do you open a restaurant, do you buy a house, do you, you know, no one wanted to make those decisions as long as there was a prospect of a communist prime minister who was, prepared to expropriate uh, private assets. So, and now that that, is, that that has been removed, I think the UK economy is now poised to take off. Are you going to actually leave by the end of January? Yes. 2020. <laughs> we were, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. To, be, <laughs> to be absolutely clear, fair, fair point, yes, we will leave at... Uh, uh, 11 p.m., uh, uh, 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on the 31st of January. Hmm. Daniel, wow. if, if the two main factors here, at least from the outsider perspective, are Jeremy Corbyn's an extremist, and the British people wanted to say, you know, democracy counts. We know this vote happened, uh, and we need to honor it. If you had to give a kind of a split, what what was the bigger factor there? Very. I mean, you're, you're quite right. Those those were the two the two main factors, uh, and 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 they they're, they're very linked. Because, you know, the, the refusal mm-hmm. to acknowledge democracy kind of confirmed all the mm-hmm. negatives people had about, well, hang on, is this a party that would ever uh, behave constitutionally? Uh, there's one third factor, though, in this, which I think is, is only fair to nod at, which is 
the personal popularity of Boris Johnson and mm. his ability to connect with voters in seats that had a cultural, hereditary or tribal affiliation with Labour, uh, which almost made it impossible for them to look at at a conservative candidate because of all the connotations that they'd grown up with. Uh, and Boris has, has swept all of that away. And the, the, the whole electoral map looks different now. We, we, we had a better vote for the Conservative Party than we've had since Margaret Thatcher at her height. Is he Thatcher or is he more like Churchill? I mean, he, he is politically much more within the Churchill tradition of sort of, you know, moderate patriotic mm-hmm. Toryism. Um, he, you probably know that Boris wrote a book about... Oh, uh, it, it's the, my, um, one of my favorite books. Right. It was, it was written off by a lot of the critics who sneered at it. And what they said was, Boris has kind of refashioned the great wartime leader into a prop in his own drama. So mm-hmm. the, the Churchill who emerges from the pages of his book is this right-wing journalist and, and witty after-dinner speaker who is kind of cruelly overlooked by the party elites and, uh, until the moment of crisis. Now, I actually don't think that criticism was entirely fair. Uh, uh, Boris is not comparing himself to Churchill, but I think it is probably true that he was inspired by mm-hmm. elements of Churchill's story, mm-hmm. and in particular by the way in which the great man put all of the kind of uh, the boozing and the, 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 the unseriousness and the silly friends behind him and rose to the occasion. And I think he very much sees this as his moment to rise to the occasion. All right. So speaking of silly friends behind him, if you were in America, you were wondering when you heard him speak last night why Elmo and a weird Darth Vader was standing behind him and why you allowed Elmo to take his head off. Isn't it just glorious? Isn't democracy <laughs> just the most what? wonderful thing? What? It was like... When you are the sitting prime minister, you've got to go and defend your constituency against challenges by Elmo and Lord Buckethead. I just, I, I think, <laughs> what? You know, what, a, what a fantastic reminder, in practice as well as in theory, that we are all equal before the law and the, the, the politician is the servant of the So people. quickly, can you tell us, was that Elmo and who was the guy in the bucket? We have a we've had a tradition here going back about 50 or 60 years that a number of eccentric and joke candidates uh, stand against the main party leaders in their constituencies when there is a general election. Shut up. And yeah, yeah. And one, in fact, there is a party, the guy with the, the, the guy you're calling Darth Vader, who, who, who's changed his name by default to Lord Buckethead, <laughs> is the leader of quite an old party. Uh, in Britain that began in the early 60s called the Official Monster Raving Looney Party. And it has contested every by-election and its leader has stood against the incumbent prime minister at every election since the mid-60s. So they are, they're actually older than our Liberal Democrats. Unbelievable. <laughs> Unbelievable. One last question. Uh, the uh, Scottish National uh, Party uh, did very well. Uh, and... Yeah. It's funny because the people were like, hey, democracy means something and we're we're we want Brexit. Well, that's really the message of the Scottish National Party. And I think it's been the same one since Mel Gibson put blue paint on his face. Uh, (laughs) Leave us alone. We don't want a queen. What's going to happen with that? And how's Boris going to be able to with the difference, of course, that when. when that was put to a referendum, unlike with Brexit, it, it was defeated. Um, oh, it was. So, so why yeah, yeah, why did this? In- why did the National Party go, do so well in Scotland? 
Well, this is interesting. So a, a lot of their voters are in fact against independence for Scotland, but they vote for the Scottish National Party as a way of uh, maximising yeah. Scotland's weight in the union, if you like, where be, you know sending a message to London that they need to be taken seriously. Or it, it, very, it's a very common thing. You get it in in other places where there's a separatist uh, feeling. Um, I, I can't see there being another referendum in the short run because you know okay. we had one five years ago and, and everyone said that that was it and it was going to be it for, for a lifetime and so on. But I do think that we need to acknowledge the advance in the in, in the elections of the of the Scottish National Party and it it seems to me that the the fairest thing to all sides, given that Scotland voted to stay in the in the UK but not by a huge margin in 2014 the fairest thing would be to try and come up with some compromise where there is more devolution for Scotland including tax raising powers fiscal autonomy uh, uh stops short of actually having separate embassies and so on which i think is what the vast majority of people in Scotland say they want they Daniel, want more autonomy but not complete breakaway Daniel Hannan i have literally 10 seconds and i'm being screamed out of my ear 10 seconds does this mean does this push france closer to brexit themselves or not i just need a yes or no question from from or an answer i don't think with france i think the next country to go will probably be the netherlands god bless you thank you very much daniel hannon uh, our friend from uh, the eu he's the ambassador of the eu or the representative or whatever welcome to the uh, program mr bill o'reilly is coming up next which Oh, do you think Bill has a few things to say about the IG report, about the media? Oh, Chuck Todd, man. The the latest from Chuck Todd on Meet the Press is just outrageous. He's comparing the uh, impeachment trial to the O.J. Simpson trial, except he's got it backwards. He's got it backwards. Who's making this all about the glove, the conservatives or the media? Glenn Beck program.